Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we come to you this morning thanking you for this opportunity to hear from you and hear directly from you. So Lord, I pray that in the next few moments you would give us uh, the ability to hear, to perceive, to understand, to discern how you're speaking to us. I pray, oh God, that you would give me preaching grace. Allow my words to be clear. Allow your communication skills to connect with your people to the end that people might hear your voice in your tenor in your tone and that we might be changed and transformed that we might be energized to move forward with what you've called us to do even in these days and in these times we give you glory honor and praise in advance for what you will do what you will say and how you will say it in jesus name amen well listen i'm continuing this series recovering from lessons learned the hard way uh there are times in life when uh our own choices, our own decisions force us to learn a lesson the hard way. And, and listen, that, that happens. That, that's going to happen. Uh, as we talked about last week, everybody's going to fail at some point in time. But the issue becomes, how do you get over what you have done to put yourself in that situation? Uh, because listen, hard learned lessons can zap your strength. They, they can make you feel like you've lost a step. It's almost like an athlete who hurts a leg, hurts a knee, uh, and that gets it surgically repaired. But then getting back on the field, getting back on the court, they don't know if they can trust that leg again. Uh, it's the same way with us. We've made a bad decision and now we're put back into the field of play by God himself. And sometimes because we've messed up in the past, we don't have the confidence to be able to make decisions and move forward and keep moving with what God has called us to do. It, 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 a hard learned lesson can cause mental and emotional, even spiritual stress. It can give you this tightness in your chest and this, this um, uh, being gun shy, be, be, being um, not sure if, if you know what to do and how to do it. So, so how do you recover from that place when you feel that tightness in your chest and when you're unsure of what to do and how to do it because you've messed up in the past? Well, let's look at my boy, David. David, now normally in scripture, David is shown to us for his military prowess, for his ability to win battles and to out-strategize his enemy. Uh, but there was a, a season in David's life where he made a strategic blunder and it cost him dearly. So let's pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 30, uh, beginning at verse 1. Now David is on the run from Saul. He has about 600 guys who are part of his gang, a part of his uh, Robin Hood type band. Um, they have wives and children and they're living in enemy territory and they're attacking the enemy from behind enemy lines, but pretending like they're not doing what they're doing. So they're getting away with it, but they have to be strategic. They have to hide in the open. Uh, and the Bible says that they go out to raid one day. And then the story picks up in same 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 3. And the Bible says, three days later after this raid, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, that was their base of operations, that was their, that was their headquarters. They arrived back at Ziklag and they found that the Amalekites, this is an ancient enemy of Israel. They've been enemies since they left uh, Egypt and were headed to the promised land. These Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev in Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off all the women and the children and everyone else without killing anyone. And when David and his men, in verse 3, they saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David had left the home base unprotected. He had left it uncovered. That, that's even a word for somebody right there. He was going out and doing this stuff, but had left the home base uncovered. 
and the enemy came and attacked it and, and taken everybody, all the wives, all the children, all the servants, all the belongings, all the plunder was gone. Verse 5 says that David's two wives were part of those who were, were among those who were captured. And in verse 6, the Bible says, now David was in great danger. Uh, some translations say he was in greatly distressed. He was greatly distressed. He was in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. Uh, David's own guys were getting ready to turn on him because of this great loss of their families and their possessions and, and everything that was important to them. Uh, but the Bible says at the end of verse 6, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, the Bible says, David found strength in the Lord his God. Some versions say David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I want to talk about new strength and new strategies. New strength, new strategies. All right, so now listen. The, the story shows us that David had made a decision. It was a poor strategy decision that put David and his men in this bad place. They, they come back from this raid. They come back to find everything that they love, everybody that they love gone, taken from them. And the Bible says that these hardened warriors were, were weeping and, and mourning uh, because of their loss. Uh, David was greatly distressed, not only because his wives were gone and his family was gone, but also because he realized he had made this decision that put his men in this place to the point where they even wanted to turn against him. He, he was greatly distressed. That, that word in the Hebrew literally is he was in a tight place. He, 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 was, he was bound up. He, he, he was felt in a bind. He was twisted emotionally because not only of his own loss, but again, taking on the loss of others. And it was a tragedy that was of his own making, uh, which, which compounded the, the anger and the, and the hurt and the disbelief and the lack of confidence in himself. But, but the interesting thing is, how, in, in these times, notice how David mourned the loss while not being mastered by the loss. Many times we get stuck in what happened and what we did and how it feels, and we get stuck in that place and it starts to master us. David instead, that David, rather than turning inward only, he turned to the Lord. The Bible says that he found strength in the Lord his God. Now, now the way that that uh, Hebrew verb is constructed, it can mean either he strengthened himself or it could mean that he was strengthened from the outside by somebody else. And the reason why the Hebrew leaves it uh, unknown because it was both at the same time. That David, by turning to God and leaning into the strength that God provided, it allowed him to strengthen himself. It's this, it's this marvelous juxtaposition that David, he, he leaned into the Lord in, in his own mourning. And as he leaned into the Lord, the Lord leaned into him and was able to give him the capability to move beyond his grief and into action. It's this combination of what God did and what David did because God did that, that brings us to the point to understand how we can recover and find a new strength. Listen, when we lean into the Lord, He will give us new strength that go along with new strategies. So follow the story. Keep watching the story. Keep reading the story and look what happens. David, as he leans into the Lord and gets new strength, 
he gets new strategies. He starts, first of all, by seeking assistance. He gets it, first of all, from God. In verse 7 and 8, he goes to the priest and said, listen, I need you uh, to bring the thing that we use to determine what the will of God is. It's called the ephod. He says, bring the ephod. And he seeks after the Lord. Should I even try to go after them? Am, am I going to catch up with them? Should I do this? The Lord answers, yes, go after them. I, I'm giving you the capability to catch up with them. They're moving slow. They have all of these captives. They have all of this stuff. You will be able to catch them. And he says, you will recover everything. So he leans into God and part of the strength that God gives him is he gives him assistance from God. But then also God gives him assistance from human sources. You find out that as they chase after them in verse 11, they come across this Egyptian man who had been a slave of the Amalekites. Uh, and they had left him for dead. He was sick or, or wounded or something had happened. And they had left him for dead. David finds him in the field, gives him uh, water, gives him uh, food, uh, nurses him back to health, and then uses that guy in verse 15 and says, will you, uh, will, will you turn on? Will you, will you flip? Will you show me the path that these guys have taken? Will you show me where these raiders have gone? And the guy says, listen, if you don't give me back to my master, I'm with you. Let me show you what happens. God is able to give David insider intelligence uh, by using this man uh, that, that he found and God gave him assistance from a human source to help him find where to go. Not only did leaning into the Lord give David new strength, but also he had to learn how to strategize for his current realities. The Bible says that the Lord tells him at the end of verse 8, yes, go after them. You're going to recover everything. So David sets out with his 600 men and they, they chase this trail all the way to the brook of Besor. Uh, and based upon this, this word from the Lord, David plans a strategy. He acts, but then at the brook, the Bible says in verse 10, 200 men were too exhausted to cross. They had been traveling for three days. They had been fighting. They'd been doing all of this stuff. Then they find out their families were gone. They're, they're in mourning. They're weeping all day long. They didn't have any more strength to go. And so David has to employ lessons of the past to fit into his current circumstances. He learned, listen, last time I left Ziklag uh, unprotected and bad stuff happened. So let me take these 200 guys who are too exhausted and let me leave them with the stuff. He develops this military plan. And in verse 24, we find out he leaves these guys to guard the rest of the equipment to lighten their load so they can move faster. So he, he kind of learns from what he did in the past and he uses this 200 group as a rear guard. But then he regroups uh, his, what he has left and reorganizes who he has left and he continues the pursuit, the Bible says, with the 400 men that are left over. There, there's 400 who, who he, can, he believes still possess the capacity to keep the chase going. And so he's expecting God to work, but he regroups and he reorganizes his 400 and they, they go a little bit lighter, they move a little bit faster, they, they reposition, redistribute themselves, and they continue the pursuit. David decides, I'm gonna go with the going crowd. Those that still have the ability to keep moving and keep trusting me and trusting the God in me, I'm moving with them and he keeps pursuing. He, 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 he sought assistance, but then he got a new strategy for his current realities and he kept going after what it was that God told him to go after. And then because of that, he decided, I'm going to seize whatever opportunities comes up. The, the, the Lord making this Egyptian dude available to provide information and assistance, the Lord made that happen. It, it was an opportunity that God brought to David.
But not only that, there were some conditions that David was able to take advantage of based upon what he saw. He gets there in verse 16. They catch up to the group, and the Amalekites, the Bible says, are spread across the field. They're celebrating their victory. They're drinking. They're dancing. They're not paying any attention. They, they are oblivious to the fact that they have been followed. And so now David seizes this opportunity. They're, they're out of battle formation. The enemy scattered across the countryside. David seizes the opportunity. His guys rush in and they whoop up on them for a whole day and they were able to defeat their enemy. So watch this. This new strategy was travel lighter, make sure that our rear is, is covered, make sure that we got guys and, as a backup uh, uh, to, to regroup and to, to provide extra guys if we need them. And let's take advantage of the intelligence and, that the Lord brings to us. Let's take advantage of the opportunities that the, have, have happened because the enemy isn't ready. Let's go and let's do this. But not only that, uh, David also recognizes that at this point and as the season, as he has gotten close to losing everything, including his own confidence in his ability to lead and to hear from God, he learns this lesson uh, in his recovery, in this new strategy, with this new strength, and that is to invest in people along the way. David is able to, to defeat the enemy. They're able to get their wives and their children back. Nobody's lost. But then there's all this other stuff that the Amalekites had been taken from God's people that they also recover along with them. So David chooses to use that to invest in people and not places. He invests these resources in relationship building. You see it all throughout the story. He invests in this uh, Egyptian refugee who's left for dead and David takes the time to invest in him and to, and to gain an ally out of that process. In verse 21 through 25, we find out they go back to the brook. The 200 guys are there. Uh, they, they, they have recovered, but now the, the guys who had gone to do the fighting of the 400 was like, well, this is our stuff. You're not getting anything back. And David says, no, listen, let's not rebuke them. Let's not make them feel bad for not participating in the raid. They're still a part of us. Let's invest in them. Let's, let's uh, allow them to feel like they are still a part of us and not uh, uh, make people feel othered in this process. Let, let's, let's make sure that they get all of their stuff back too. But then he also uh, finds that there are other victims that, of the Amalekites, the people that these Amalekites had been raiding and taking stuff from as well. David goes back and in verses 26 through 31, he allows them to even, he invests in them. He gives them a part of the plunder. He gives them presents back of the things that had been recovered because David saw after what I have been through and after what I've learned and after the mistakes I've made, let me put more time and focus and attention in investing in people, not in places. I left Ziklag uncovered and it hurt people. Now let me invest in people instead of worrying about places. So listen, despite David's mistakes and his failures and his hard learned lesson, by leaning into the Lord, he was able to handle the pressure. He was able to respond to his circumstances with new strategies. He was, he was able to recover from his own mistakes, and he was able to use the new strength that God had given him to give him new strategies for how to move forward. The Lord made sure that David's stumble did not become his downfall. The, uh, here's what I love. The verses 18 through 19 says that David got everything back the Amalekites had taken. He, he's, verse 19 says, nothing was missing. 
nothing little, nothing big. David got everything back. David said, the Bible says David didn't miss out on anything. He wasn't, even though he made this mistake, nothing was taken from him that David was not able to recover. He, he, he recovered his confidence. He recovered his relationship with the Lord. He, he was rewarded for all that he has done. He was restored. He got everything back. He got his strength back. He got his strategic advantage back. He got his success back. He got his mojo back. By leaning into the Lord and finding his strength in the Lord, he got it all back. And I'm here to tell somebody that despite the, the stumble that you made, God's not going to let it become your downfall. Lean into him. Get, a, get new strength from him. Find new strategies for how to move forward. Uh, make sure that you are attacking where you are and pursuing where you are with new strategies, that you're investing in people, that you're seizing the opportunities that the Lord brings your way. And I declare by the power of the word of God, you won't miss a step. You will recover everything. You'll get everything back and God will allow that mistake that you made, that, that stumble, that strategic indecision that you once had, God will use it to help you recover and to move forward and keep pursuing until you get everything back. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much that our stumbles don't become stopping points. Thank you that you're able to take even the mistakes that we make and use them to teach us how to approach the new places and the new opportunities with new strategies and with new strength. Thank you that when we encourage ourselves in you, when we lean into you, you strengthen us and you give us new creativity, you give us new possibilities, you give us new energy. And so Lord, I pray that you would do that not only for us as individuals, but do that for us as a church as we learn from the lessons that we've learned the hard way. And we give you glory and honor and praise for what will come because of this new strength and because of your new strategies. In Jesus' name, amen. Your stumble is not going to become your downfall.